Welcome back, everybody, to another blazing hot episode of the Donald and Donald Podcast. <laughs> Double D. <laughs> yeah. We're coming to you straight off script, people. Barbershop Sports. Give you a brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Yeah, let's go ahead and pull up a chair and chop it up. Oh my goodness, Dima, man, we got a great show lined up today. You know we got another great week in the NFL. We're going to have to chop that up. We got these bowl games we're going to have to mention and discuss. And then we got that big one. We got that college football playoffs, baby. The semifinal matchups is coming up. And you know we're going to have to see what's going on with that. Right? It's big times. Yes, sir. Okay, let's start off right here. Hey, check this out. The Browns clinched a playoff spot, man. The Browns beat the Jets 37 to 20. What you think about that, man? We 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 harp on it almost every episode, it seems like. They're a well-oiled machine in the fact that they understand what they are. Defense-minded first, take care of the ball on the other side will win most of these games. It's that simple. And then we ain't going to skip over. Joe Flacco is playing out of his mind. He looked like Joe Cool out there. <laughs> yeah. He's playing with a little swagger to him. And it was got to the point he was falling asleep on the bench. It's just, I don't, you can't figure this guy out. Man. Right. So let me ask you something. When you think about uh, Joe Flacco, man, listen, just, uh, I mean, not too long ago, he was literally sitting on the couch, man, just relaxing and everything, having a glass of tea. He got caught up and everything because a uh, leading QB1 went down. Now you look at it. He t- uh, 19 for 29. 309 yards and three touchdowns, man. I just want to know how far do you think this is kind of like going to go when it gets into the playoffs? You know, once they start getting a little bit of tape on you, on how you're doing and, and the things is going up. Now, let's not forget, Joe Flacco is a Super Bowl winner. And that's the thing. I think they're – and that's the thing. I just think they understand their identity. They're not going to put a lot on Joe Flacco. So, even if you do got tape, he's and he's a vet. He's 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 – witty at what he does. He knows where to put the ball. He knows where to look for. He's probably seen almost every defense that you can show him. Um, and as He's done it at the best level. He's led a team similar to this one to a Super Bowl victory already. Yes, it was while he was still in the league, not just jumping off the couch. Just went to Friday's last night. He showed yeah. that he's still capable. It's that stay ready so you never have to get ready type thing. And he's answered the call. He got them rolling, man. Absolutely. I look at this and everything, and you're absolutely right when you think about the type of team that he's playing for right now because those Baltimore Ravens was known for their defense, man. They had some of the best defensive players in the league at that time and in history. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of – I think he's used to uh, getting some points on the board and, and depending on his defense uh, to take and, uh, protect that lead. And if they can put up 37 against you, – you know, you can put up 37. It's going to be hard for a lot of teams to be able to match that. Right. Man, how do you feel? Now, you know, uh, uh, Amari Cooper went down in the, um, what was the history books and everything. And, I mean, he's really like, man, really like showing like what he's made of, man. How impressed are you with just the productivity? Because he's been a, 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 a receiver that's kind of been passed around the league just a little bit. Yeah, and it's the, um, it was out there with the Raiders. I gave it to him. They, that was at a time where who wanted to be out there in Oakland? You know, um, then you go to Dallas. Uh, it doesn't work out the way you thought it works out. They they bring in people like Michael Gallup, uh, things like that. So it was just the writing on the wall. He got out of there, and it's just his mentality. It's more of a, um, it's more of showing his good qualities because no matter where he's went, he's been the same guy. He's been consistent. Um, where no matter the talks, no matter what's going on with the team, he shows up ready to work, and that's what you want from one of your star players. Absolutely. Now, listen, check this out. H- how much of this do you think, man? And this, it could be just with uh, not only with uh, Amari Cooper and, and, and what he's done. How much do you think the success uh, depends on the system that you're in? Do you, you know, a lot of times it could be a good player stuck in a bad system or maybe not even a bad system, just stuck in a system that just don't work for them. It, yeah, and that's the thing. We see it a lot of times where it's – main example is that Atlanta Falcons thing. Okay, talk to me. Um, it's, it's just an example of what we said, spoiled by options. Spoiled by options. You start overthinking it. You start thinking about it. Um, and it's, that's the thing. It's simplified. 
Simplify it, and that's what the Browns are doing. They're giving the ball to Jerome Ford, who's having a great year. They got Kareem Hunt, so when they do get down into, you know, five, three yards, they can give it to him. He can pound it in. They got Njoku. It's not give, – it's just get the balls to their hands, and it's – it's a proven formula. It's a proven thing. That's why you go get these playmakers who aren't just the possession guys. They can make things happen. Just give them the ball. Those type of guys who can take five and turn it in 15, 20, 30. And they, they do have people on the roster who can do that. Yeah. Do you feel that the Cleveland Browns can produce enough offense to make it deep into the playoffs? Because we know they got a defense. Um. And that's the thing. I don't see why not these past couple games. I want to say, yeah, three out of these four games, they put up 30. Mm-hmm. And that's at the end of the season, clicking at the right time, going and they're rolling high too. And I think the last game, Mark Cooper didn't even play against this Jets team. And Joku stepped up and played big. Jerome Ford was just pounding away. He didn't have a crazy rushing stat line, but watching it, he was just pounding away, uh, getting them into manageable down situations. That's that's why I'm kind of confident in them going into the playoffs, especially with some of these guys in the AFC at the lower end who are banged up and don't have that type of defense that they can bring to the table. Oh, I got you 100%. I'm very eager to see how this whole storyline develops, man, with the Cleveland Browns and what they can do. Now, what about this game right here, man? Let's chop this one up because this is a game where I still kind of feel like both teams are kind of searching for their identity. Which game am I talking about? We got them 11-4 and Detroit Lions against them 10-5 and Dallas Cowboys. Man, this has so many implications in it. Both of them is on the same side of the fence as far as NFC Conference, man, you got to chop this up and tell me how you thinking. What you going? What you think gonna come out of this game right here? Um, going into it, the Cowboys have looked like the better team, um, especially when that offense gets going. But the only thing I can think of to on the Detroit side, you got to get this game. This is one of those games where going into the playoffs, you want to make a statement. This would be y'all statements win. I've talked about the questions we've had about you guys all year. All the whole pretender contenders conversation, you know where I stand on the fence. This isn't going to change what side of that fence I'm on. But as far as in that locker room, who you guys are, this is a game you want to win. Okay. When you look at this game, right, what do you feel that the Detroit Lions have to take and um, focus on? Because, you know, Jared Goff, he is who he is. Uh, lean more on the run game. Uh, you know, what, what do you think that it's going to have to take and, like, they're going to have to be clicking on all cylinders in what particular area you feel to be successful? They have a similar situation to the Falcons. Um, they have a dynamic guy in that backfield in Jameer Gibbs. Lean to the run, but also get him involved in space. Same thing that we said about B. John Robinson when they finally got him involved, not just running the ball. Of course, give him his carries there. Give him his give him touches. Move him. Just, you guys have, I'm not saying they're CMC caliber. We haven't seen that from them. That's a lot to put on somebody. But they do have the same skill set that CMC brought in early that we we capitalized on. And it led to those 1,000, 1,000 yards. It's leading to what he's doing now. Because you have to move around your defense. You have to adjust. You don't know what he's going to do. If you just line him up in the backfield and keep handing it off, keep handing it off, they're not really questioning anything else. If you move him around, have him um, motion outside. He can catch the ball. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands, and that's the same thing we said about the fact. That's why I keep bringing up. Just get the ball to your guys' hands. And I think the game manager thing is – it's hard to say now because everybody's put that negative notation on it. That manage the game, right? You have the weapons around Amon St. Brown. We've seen what Sam Laporta can do to a team. Um, Jamison Williams, I still believe in. Um, I think he can reach another level. Like we said, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs. You guys have the talent. Don't force it. Don't go out there and try to win the game by yourself. Right. Do you feel that Amon St. Brown is going to have to have a, a 100 yards receiving for uh, the Detroit Lions to win this game? I think it's going to be more Jameer. I'm leaning on more Jameer Gibbs because I think you guys have to dominate that time of possession. 
Okay, got you. Now, you know we can't ignore America's team. It just is what it is. Uh, Dak Prescott, give him his props. He have been playing at a very high level. It is what it is. Okay, so we're going to let him have that. Uh, my whole thing about it is, you know, that in, when it comes to uh, certain games, C.D. Lamb can disappear sometimes. Or, listen, the defense can simply lock him up and put two of them. You know what I'm saying? One low, one over the top. Uh, so, uh, what, what do you think is going to be the keys to turn this engine, man? Because, like you said, this, this is going to be kind of important too. They may not have to, may, may not be a must-win game, but man, they're going to have to really show that they have what it takes to get deep in the playoffs. Oh yeah, um, I know. I said for the Lions, it's a must-win. Like you, not a must-win, but you, it's a statement win. Right. For the Cowboys, it's just you guys want to be clicking at this time because this is the time when you guys seem to fall apart the most. Um, going into this game. I think y'all yes, your offense is amazing, but you just pointed out some things. They haven't had a great run game this year. Um CD Lamb can disappear. Y'all defense has been constantly applying pressure and causing turnovers. That's what y'all think you guys need to get from that defense consistently and especially starting this game going into the playoffs. Y'all have to be that wreck havoc type of defense. Make the game simpler for Dak. So, when you look at this game, you know I'm going to need a score and a winner. Okay? Talk to me. I'm going I'm going Cowboys just because I got, I got to see it from the Lions. Um, and I think that Cowboys defense will be able to force some turnovers in some aspects. I'm going to go Cowboys 24, Lions 16. Cool. Let's roll with it. How about this game right here? Because it is a situation... C.D. Stroud is out of uh, a concussion concussion protocol, so he seems to be feeling better. He said he feels more like himself. He was thanking the team for holding it together while he was out. Okay, and so you got those eight and seven Texans against uh, the Tennessee Titans, and I'm not 100% sure, man, about that whole situation. Um, I think you uh, last time we had talked about it, Will Levis might be a little banged up. Maybe Tannehill starting. Not sure. I just want to know uh, what you expect out of C.J. Stroud, man, coming off the injury. Um, I expect a statement. I expect a big game from him. Um, he He's just that – he's shown he has that type of attitude to where he wants to put up a big game, and I think he's going to want to finish strong. I think missing these games is going it's going it's been itching him the wrong way. It's not sitting right with him. It, it's right. leaving a bad taste in his mouth. And he's just gonna have an opportunity to go out there against a struggling Titans team and put up numbers. Have um this Houston Texas team giving him something to be hopeful for looking at if you would have had your guy you know, if you would have had your guys for a full season, you guys were right on that edge of a playoff spot. I think he's gonna try to remind them guys of that fact. He's already walking out of there with the rookie of the year. That's not it. We ain't even talking about it. I think it's just going to be stick with us. It's going to be a stick with us. We'll be right back next year. I'm still y'all guy. Y'all still got me. Absolutely. And then you know it's been a situation where he had um, um, some of his key receivers, you know, you want this one and his two option or his two option and his one option, however you want to put it, uh, has been a little banged up and hurt. Uh, but they, that uh, defense, you can't really take nothing away from it and everything. With D'Amico Ryan's being a defensive coordinating type of guy when it comes to that and everything, so he's going to make sure that the defense is uh, holding it together as well. So who you got winning this with what score? Um, So Will Levis is back. Okay. He'll be back and he's expected to start. Um, I just – that level of quarterback play, I'm just going to have to lean to C.J. Stroud. And like you said, that D'Amico's run defense is good. They do force turnovers. I like Derek Stingley on that back end. And a lot of people have forgot about Will Anderson, that third overall pick who has, has, he has had a solid rookie campaign. He's had a great season. He's had a solid rookie campaign. But just, you know, you get outshined, especially when you got to play on offense. Everybody loves the offense. It's, it's the bells and whistles. It's, it's what's driving the league. <laughs> but, um, I'm going to go Texans. Um, I'm going to give it to them 17 to 9. Okay, cool deal. I guess uh, D-Hop might not be uh, looking too good this game. Okay, what about this next one? We got lined up right here, baby, because we done already talked about it. Uh, they go, listen, the Chicago Bears is going to have to have a talk with Justin Fields, okay? It's just how it is and everything. He has forced their hand when it comes to that situation, all right? Now, you do, you got, so you got the 7-8 Falcons against the Chicago Bears, okay? Now, what what, what do you uh, uh, look for most in this game? What are you looking forward to seeing? Um, from both sides. So I'll start with Atlanta. I'm just looking for like what we seen from you guys last week. Get the ball into your playmakers' hands and let them make plays. 
point blank clear. That's 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 really the only thing you can show me at this point that you have the ability to do that as a coach. On the other side, I'm just happy to see this Justin Fields highlight tape going on. Right. I'm just, just <laughs> putting it together. I'm just happy to see him putting it together. I'm happy to see him forcing the hands. I've never. I'm not gonna come out and act like I've been the biggest Justin Fields supporter, but I am happy to see him. You know, I like when when your back's up against the wall, all cars is all cars is against you. What can you do? He's shown he has dog in him. As prime time would say, he got that dog in him. He has that fight. He didn't just lay down. You know, you can go sit in the corner and pout, or you can go out there and put up some numbers, and that's what he did. Um, as far as the game goes, I told you I just don't trust Arthur Smith out there in Atlanta to do a back-to-back week of giving the ball to the right guy. <laughs> so I'm going to go with you. Chicago Bears in this one. Again, just because of the way Justin Fields has been playing lately. Um, I'm going to go Chicago Bears. 2014. Cool. Listen, now check this game right here. Now, this game has all kinds of implications to it, man. Now, you know that uh, uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens are smoking red hot. Okay, let's call it exactly what it is. I think they've been flying a little bit under the radar uh, throughout this season here, but they can't really do it no more because it's getting too close. The playoffs is the way it is, and it's about to really uh, get real serious out here. Then you got Tua, man. Tua and Tyreek, the TNT combination. You cannot take and, uh, throw a blind eye to that situation either. You're taking Tyreek is, is making history as we speak, okay? And Tua can get the ball to him. I don't care what you say. And then you take it, like you said, and on the other side, Lamar can beat you with his arm or with his legs. So how do you see this Miami Dolphins-Baltimore Ravens game panning out? Um, last time I picked against the Ravens, they, 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 I think they heard me. <laughs> they um, was listening. Podcast know, Central, baby. It's crazy how, you know, I've been the biggest Ravens supporter this season. I do think they are, they should have been talked about a lot more as a serious Super Bowl threat this year. Um, I won't make the same mistake again twice. Uh, I think their defense will, their defense will force Tua to do things different. They don't have Jalen Waddle this week. It it kind of makes it easy on that defense to shade over to Tyreek Hill. Um, and they have the personnel to do it. Um, and we already talked about how I feel about this offense. It's just the most, they can do the most. They can do the most different things. They can put you in a lot of different looks. And with Lamar playing healthy, it changes this team. <clears throat> and he's the MVP, and I think he's going to come out and try to put that step on it as well. That's just an extra look. Um, more added motivation. You know, just that little extra oomph on top. You, know, right. you, want to, you want to lock up the number one seed. Uh, I think this game, this is decided. They're right. I think Dolphins had two. Yeah. So this game will go. Whoever wins this is taking number one seed and getting that first round by Lamar Jackson. You'll also be taking home that MVP unless Tyreek goes out there and goes crazy. Right. But, so it's a lot going on in this game. Um, but I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens this time. I'm not going to go against my better judgment again. Okay. Uh, all right. So what, what what that score look like to you then? This is why I think they'll be able to hold them down a little bit. Um, I'm going to go 28-24. It'll be close, but you – the Dolphins are a team who wants to run it up. Mm-hmm. If you can keep them in that 20-24 range, and the Ravens can put up points as well. So I think that's what the the difference maker would be. Right. I, I, I see this is going to be a very exciting game, man, to say the least. Because, you, like you say, not only do you have uh, so much at stake, when you look at it and everything, they say the best ability is availability. Uh, and I think uh, maybe uh, one of the things or maybe one of the reasons why uh, Lamar uh, has uh, Jackson has been asleep uh, on a little bit this season is him getting hurt late. And, and kind of some of the things that's kind of ha- happened in previous seasons. But I don't think that's that no more. But both teams can say the same thing. Just having their quarterbacks be healthy has changed the outcome of the seasons for both teams. You know, Tua struggled with going in and out of concussion protocol last year. And we don't even have to speak about the injury troubles that Lamar has had in the past. Having both of these guys available has completely changed these two teams. Exactly. Man, I can't wait to see it. Hey, we got some more, so you need to tell me how you feel about it. You got the New Orleans Saints playing against them uh, what is it we got here? Those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, baby. Okay, now listen. First of all, I don't know if it's because, I don't know why. So maybe you can help me out. Baker Mayfield been looking good. 
Okay, he had a he had a perfect passer rating, man, not too long ago. All right, and he was at somebody else's house when he did that. Uh, Derek Carr, we know what he can do and who he can be when he's healthy and able to do that. Uh, so I think that the Bucks can have a uh, you know make a lot of noise here, look like they may be tying up their division in the NFC South. But how you see this? Because this is a division game. How you see this thing playing out? Saints um, Bucks. This is one of those games where it has the 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 stakes of the NFC South on the line. Right. That's a tough thing. That's just a tough thing. Um, now, Baker Mayfield can be the difference maker just because of what he's put on tape. He's had the probably best four-game stretch since that rookie Cleveland Brown stretch he had. Right. This is He's looking like a top quarterback, and it's also something that we haven't discussed. He's kind of in that same position of, do I have a job here next year? Will I have a job here next year? Making the conversation a little tougher on these guys because you, Baker's had you know, Baker's been the the scapegoat. You'll say, or he's been the blame. He's been blamed for a lot of the struggles where he's been recently. Right. Y'all can't say that this year. Y'all can't say that this year. He's gotten y'all fighting for a playoff spot, not just a playoff spot, a division type. Now y'all might want to go younger, depending on what y'all can get in the job. But that's the thing. With a guy like this, who's having a year like this, you already have him with some weapons around him. Fill out that roster some more on the defensive side and run it back. You know, I I just think that's something that you guys have to look at as far as the Buccaneers organization. People want to give up on Baker so quick. Um, but he's been playing. He's been playing so good. I mean, his play has really been speaking for itself. You know, it, it really has, man. I mean, he's been making some pretty wise decisions out there. He he may turn it over once or twice, man. But I, it hadn't been costing him the game like that. That's the thing. He's he's not out there trying to like we. He's not trying to win the game on his own. He he understands what type of team they have. He understands how valuable possessions are for this team. Right. Um, and he's just been taking care of the ball and doing things the right way. Um, I'm going to go with Buccaneers, even though it is a sleeper game. It is a tough game. The Saints, is you expect them to come out rolling. Uh, but I'm going to go Bucks. I'm going to give it to them 17-14. All right. We got you on that one. Now, what about this one? Because this could very well be a trap game in itself, man, because uh, we know the, the the shape the New England Patriots have been in uh, this season, okay? And they sit at 4-11, and 11, uh, but Bill Belichick, he has been known to throw a spoiler in there every now and then. It just depends on what the circumstances is. But the Buffalo Bills, they have got a little bit more consistent, and when I say that, it's because I believe that Josh Allen has not given the game away. So what do you think about this New England Patriots-Buffalo Bills game? I know that the Buffalo Bills need this more than anything else, but how you see this thing kind of painting out? Yeah, they just holding on. You know, they're sitting at that sixth spot holding on. It's a, it's a, it's jammed up right there with 8-7 and seven Indianapolis, 8-7 and seven Houston, 8-7. and seven, Like, it's jammed up right there. Right. So I'm not sure how you guys' tiebreakers would, would fall out for these guys. But you just don't even want to leave it up to chance. You don't want to leave it up to chance. You have an opportunity not to leave it up to chance, especially with the team that you're facing. You guys are in two different positions this season. It's not, it's not, it shouldn't even be up for debate. It's not tug of wound, no none of that. Right. Go out there, exert your force, you know, exert your dominance and, and take care of business and don't leave the door. You know, I say this all, don't leave the door open. Josh Allen, don't give them extra opportunities. Um, and you guys are fine. You guys are fine. You do have a talented roster. You guys just underperform a lot. It's underwhelming a lot. And it's only because you allow yourselves to be. Um, I, I think they take care of business, though. Uh, I'll give it to them 31-10. Now, when you think about this uh, uh, this matchup and everything, and we t- can talk about the Buffalo Bills just a little bit more, uh, uh, James Cook been cooking. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then you know you got Stephon Diggs out there. You know, seems like he he's uh, okay right now with uh, his productivity and what he got to do. Man, you see a tremendous run game again from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think you. Why not? It's, it's been working. It's kind of gotten you guys back. It takes it takes a lot of pressure. Not pressure, but it kind of it does. It takes some pressure off of Josh Allen when you can't get a run game going. It, y'all understand? It makes a defense collapse in. It makes them bring more in the box. He has the arm strength. To, it just It opens more windows for you guys. Yeah, and when you think about it, Josh Allen 
has showed to he can do it on his own in certain situations, but he does not need to go in with that mindset, man. You know, let him know, just go in as, hey, I got help around me. And I can use the weapons that I have. And like I say, just take care of the ball. And I think they should be okay. All right, what about this one, man? I think this is a, a tune-up game, probably to say the least. Uh, but we still have to talk about it because you got those 11-4 and four Philadelphia Eagles against uh, the Arizona Cardinals. All right, so you would kind of imagine, of course, that the Eagles would win this game. But uh, how do you think they need to go about doing it? Is it? Play you play your style of game. Play your style of game. Uh, physical in the trenches, on both sides of the ball. Don't allow them to uh, get the run game going. As far as the Cardinals, make Kyler Murray throw the ball and then keep him contained. You guys have a lot of speed and things like that on the defensive side of the ball. And then offensively, play play your game. Get back into that manageable situations. Get back into the third and shorts. Get back to using your touch push. Uh, just the physical play up the trenches, y'all identity. Get back to playing that type ball, and you guys are fine. Yeah, because I know that they do have the easier of the schedules that's there, and uh, I think everybody uh, needs to win the games that they need to win, especially at this time of the year. You know, this is the time where you need to take and get the bugs worked out and go in there and just, uh, you know, stretch your dominance on the game and make it do what it do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, so tell me, give me a score before we go to the next one. Eagles, Cardinals. Uh, give me... 30 to 14 Eagles. Okay, that'll work. Now, how about this next game we got lined up? Uh, near and dear to your heart on both sides of the fence, okay? You got Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers that has shown some things, especially with that 300 passing yard game last last outing. Then you're taking uh, Trevor Lawrence is not going to be in this game. We understand that, which may be a good thing. Give him a chance to heal up. If they're able to make any kind of noise in the playoffs, you're going to need him to be as healthy as he possibly can be. But what do you see happening uh, with the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, just from what I've seen the past couple of weeks, I do think we are able to take advantage of Trevor Lawrence being out. Okay, now, that's, that's interesting. Okay, now it's going to have to be an improved play from our secondary. I think we are going to be able to get into the run game a lot. Uh, I think we seen last week that was our that's what set us behind the mark, letting the run game get established. I think we do respond correctly to that, knowing that they're going to come out and want to run the ball. Offensively, I've liked what I've seen from Bryce. I hope that they take what what we did on those last couple drives, or you know, in that fourth quarter. Take what that offense looks like going to practice. You've had a whole week going to practice. Figure out how to get more of that out of your guys. I think we should be fine now. I know how I sound saying that we're 0-8 on the road. We ain't one of, you know, but I just think we're due for one of those y'all sleeping on us. And we gonna, and you, we've already played, we played spoiler once earlier in the year to the Falcons, you know, threw a little wrench in the thing, making it closer than it needed to be. I think we can do that again to another playoff hopeful team. Um, I'm not going to, and the last time, what we did putting up that 30 was impressive. Um, I think we are able to put up around 24, 26 this game. Um, and I think we hold them to – I think it will even still be close again. I think we hold them to about 18, 20. So I'll go 24-18. All right. When you think about Bryce Young and you think about this season and everything, it's been growing pains to say the least. The absolute least, it has been growing pains, man. But um, I, I know that you are high on him as far as he, he does have a good IQ. Um, and uh, as far as his situation and everything is concerned, he's made the best of it, man. He's had a positive attitude the whole entire season. Uh, so what do you see? Because we know they're not going to make the playoffs cool. We understand that. But what do you see of Bryce Young going from here as far as his development, man? And just give me a glimpse on what you expect, maybe going into the offseason and getting himself ready for the new one. Um, I think you can to just do right by him as far as staff. The roster is pretty much what it's going to be. I just don't think we have a lot of rigging room as far as cat-wise and then we already dug ourselves a hole as far as draft capital. Um, I think the roster is pretty much what it's going to be. You do, We will probably get some more guys in, things like that, but I think it'll just be how he develops in the offseason. I'm optimistic about his development, just because of the way he's grown this year without having the best situation. Now you get an off season and just relax, get with your guys, um, 
get down some chemistry with your rookie OG Mingo. Adam Thielen, I hope we are able to re-sign him because it's just nice to have that vet in the locker room for him to depend on. Safety valve? Yeah. Uh, it's just going to be – I'm more concerned with what we do in the front office and staff-wise. I don't have concerns with Bryce. Okay, so you know we mentioned him. We talked about it a little bit, and we touched on it in a previous podcast, man. Who needs to be in that head coaching position, man, for the Carolina Panthers, man? Because they need direction, they need consistency, they need discipline, and they need somebody that knows that they that uh, hey, our coach has our back, and we know that we can get it done for them. If, so what if you we think? can keep our DC, if we can keep Everett, I think it's best to go after somebody the type of that Ben Johnson from the Lions. Call up Eric B. Figure out what that situation looks like in Washington. Um. Somebody like that, even, like, I don't want to see Bill Belichick. I don't want to hear no more of the hardball. I want a new, fresh look. We have a young guy who's able to do a lot more than just drop back and throw the ball. Right. We've seen what that led to. Move him around some, and I think I think the best option is to call up Ben Johnson again. Um, Just because what he's done, the, the resurgence of Jared Goff when he got there, it shows a lot. Right, I, I think it speaks a lot to what he's capable of. And then you've seen what he was able to do with these weapons. As soon as he got a Sam Laporta, Sam Laporta's looked like one of the better tight ends in the league. So he's not – he knows how to take advantage of the weapons that he's given. Um, and that's just what I think we need as far as coaching. Because you know it's taking – it's been a ring around the rosies when it comes to coaches, man, at Carolina, period. And like I say, I think that that's one of the places and one of the positions that need to be stable. Uh, because if not, how can you even imagine to grow? It's just like a, a QB having multiple OCs. Yeah. A defense having multiple DCs. You need a head coach that's going to get in there, grind it out, and get it done. And you know it's going to be there and put a system in place. And that's the thing. The coaches, it's just been bad. So we – Y'all aren't even giving yourselves a chance to come in and build anything. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Just and I think with Ben Johnson, he's a younger guy. That man with this quarterback coming off of a tough rookie year, so he's he's seen as worse as it can get. Right. He Bryce has seen as worse as it can get. Mm-hmm. It can't it, get no worse than it's only up from here, right? You no. Know? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> How about this right here? Okay, we got those Indianapolis Colts, man. Against those Raiders. Now, this is a very interesting combination. Uh, you have Antonio Pierce. He's come in as the interim coach. Uh, you still got uh, Devontae Adams out there. And then you got Minshew Mania. <laughs> so, what you think going to happen, man, with these Raiders at these Colts? Um, I just think the Raiders are fighting harder than a lot of teams in the NFL. And it's just, I think they, they have their coaches back. They're trying to do everything that they can to make sure he's there next year. Um, and with that, uh, I, we know about Gardner Mitchell. We know about Aiden O'Connell. We know about we you know we know about the struggles that y'all had at that quarterback position this year. I think as far as weapons are concerned, I think y'all are in the same boat as far as wide receiver room, running back, things like that. I just think the edge is going to come from that having our coaches back. Right, that he's the leader of men. Oh, they want to play for him. They want to fight for him. They want the to run him. through the wall mentality. They want to give him everything they got. Absolutely, so he's going. I just think he's going to have them guys ready to play, and it's not out of the realm of possibility for them to make the playoffs right now. So, with that, I just think, and then, you know, it's just that mentality that the Raiders had. Mm-hmm. When you think of Raiders, it's that grit and grind. It ain't the prettiest, and we gonna make sure you know it ain't right. And I think, we, we we okay with winning ugly. And I think that's what Antonio Pierce has brought back to this team. Right. Um, with that, I think the Raiders win an ugly game. Uh, I think it's going to be 17-14. 17-14. Raiders still rolling, okay? All right. So, when you when you got this next one that's coming up right here, you got the Los Angeles, you got the Los Angeles Rams, and then you got the New York Giants. Okay, cool. Now, you know, the Rams still have something to play for. And everything. So, what do you think? Because Matthew Stafford, it ain't over yet. He still got an arm, and he still got people to throw the ball to. Okay? So, what do you think about this Rams-Giants game? Um, They're just in two different spots, and the Rams are trying to hang on to that playoff spot. They're trying to hang on. And they have a vet-led team on both sides with Matt Stafford and Andrew, I mean Aaron Donald on both sides. 
now Cooper Cup's looking to be getting more into football shape, feeling more like itself. We seen we was talking about it. This offense can still run up the points on you. Um, and I just think with the Giants having still questions about DeVito, or are we going to throw Tyrod out there? Uh, I think it's safe to say the Rams go out there and have another amazing offense production game. Um, I think they go out there and put up 30 ball again. I'm going to go 31, Rams, Giants, 16. All right, listen, hadn't heard a whole lot from Aaron Donald, but we know he's been out on the field. Uh, He demands a double team, and so you know how that can go as far as uh, his name being called while the game is being, um, you know, being played. Uh, A big game from Aaron Donald this go-around? He's – I think he's due for one. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll call it. I think he has a uh, multiple set game this today. I mean, this week. Uh, but also, he's a tight player just having him on the field. Just having him on the field and having them have to react to him being there. Right, yeah, exactly. Because he can mess up an offense, okay? He, he demands the attention to do so. All right, now check this out. I need you to talk to me, baby. We know that Brock Purdy didn't have the prettiest game last week. Actually, he had four picks. We got it. We get it. Cool. No problem. But here is a game. It could be a trap game because now you took you had uh, Jacoby Brissett talking about, okay, well, he may have uh, sustained the injury in practice. So Sam Howell may, may be back out there. We know what Eric B can do. So what do you think about these 49ers, 11-4 49ers, against these Washington Commanders? Because, listen, they still have the best odds, according to what they say, for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, man. So when you look at this game, tell me how you feel about it and what you see happening. Um, I just I think understanding <clears throat> the position they're in, they they do bounce back. They do take advantage of facing a lesser opponent. Um now, don't get me wrong, I think they got starting Jacoby Brissett out there in Washington. We know what Eric B could do with the offense. It is a sleeper game in the terms of that. They are going. I think they can put up points on you. Now, Brock is is going to be a lot. This game is going to say a lot about his mental. It's going to say a lot about his fight. It's going to say a lot about who he is as a quarterback. You you got punched in the mouth. You you got knocked down last round. Cool. You're in the next one. Let's get up and let's let's go get it. You still you guys have so much around you on both sides of the ball. I don't see how you let that happen twice to you. Right. You know, and you guys were up against the Ravens. It's a different caliber of dog. That's why I said you go out here and you just take advantage of this. I do think they run it up. I do think you, you guys are going to catch a, a mad 49ers team. Um, with that, I think it's going to be 42. Uh, give me 42-17. Okay. Um, it, it's kind of interesting, man, uh, when it comes to uh, these teams. And I kind of wanted to get your take on it. I've noticed um, that when it comes to these offenses and it comes to the backup quarterback, man, you know, the taking starter comes in, uh, he taking, he may have one or maybe two turnovers. Um, the offensive coordinator or whoever's calling these shots have been quick to pull and put in the backup quarterback and everything. Now, is that from a change of pace perspective? Or because this ain't college, man. I've never seen the rotation so hard, especially this late in the season. Why, why are they so quick to pull? They starting QB? Um, just a lot of people are in situations where they don't believe in their guy. And y'all are showing it. Now, the situation with the, the 49ers last week when they pulled him against the Ravens, I, like I said last episode, I think that was more protecting our guy. Don't let him just keep snowballing. You know, it was one of those, let's sit him down. Cool, he had a rough game. He's fine. Um, everybody else, it's just a situation. We talked about the Russell Wilson, his contract situation. We're, we're talking about the Giants, and without Daniel Jones, we paid him. You know, what do we do going forward from here? We talked about Justin Fields and the Bears. We talk about Aiden O'Connell on the Raiders. It's a lot of guys who aren't the guy. Right. They aren't the guy for their team. So it's just, I think a lot of it is, why not? Why Minnesota, Josh Dobbs isn't our guy. He's, our, he's not our Kirk Cousins. As soon as he struggles, why not? We're already at our backups anyway. Um, I don't agree with it, not at all, especially in the case of Sam Howell. He has taken a beating for you guys and has played well. He he hasn't played the best. I'm not saying he's a pro bowler. He's played well considering what he's faced. Um, 
and that's just you guys have to show some type of commitment. I think he, like I said, I think he is your quarterback for the next couple years out there in Washington, especially if with Eric B with another year of you know having him up under his wing, learning what Eric B wants from you in his offense, things like that. I think it's only gonna get better for him. You guys understand where your team is, especially with you guys stripping away your defense. I think uh, with what you said, one thing that kind of pops in my head, okay, listen, okay, you pulled me, man. I understand that. Okay, maybe you just need to change the pace or you maybe seen something different or want to give us a chance to win. But my whole thing about this, it just seems to me like what kind of sinks in when you pull the starter and then you put in the backup in the middle of a game or end of a game, it don't don't even matter when it happens. Now, it almost feels like as a starter or QB1, you can't make a mistake. That's the worst football you can play. Oh, yeah. If If you're not the guy, you know, if you're not bona fide the guy that we're building this thing around, your leash is, it's not even short. It's non-existent. You got an electric collar on. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just that type of, and with the state, it's just so many court teams don't have that guy. That's why it looks like it's a lot of it going on because only a couple, only a handful of teams have their, you know, oh yeah, we know, even this, you know, still this coach, all these teams, it's a toss up in the air. Right. It's yeah. a toss up in the air with what we're doing going forward. Yeah, yeah. I got you. That makes a lot of sense, man. I was just wondering about that thing. Hey, check this out. Now, when you come to the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Seattle Seahawks. And let's start right here. Um, I think Mike Tomlin is going to go with Mason Rudolph. Okay, he did win that last game, and we know Pickett. He's he's hurt. He's hurt. He, mm-hmm. they, they, he's rehabbing some things. We can understand that. Uh, how you feel about this, man? Because uh, the Steelers are used to playing in the playoffs. It seemed like uh, Mike Tomlin finally got a spark going. Okay, with his man Mason Rudolph. So, where you think? Where you see this game going with the Steelers at the Seahawks? Um, the Steelers is showing what a difference of having somebody on your bench who's ready. Because I think the Steelers' defense is the same. Not not exactly the same, but they're not too far behind that Browns defense. But the fact that they have a Joe Flacco on the other side versus a Kenny Pickett who gives me virtually nothing. Now, he don't turn over the ball, but he virtually gives us nothing. Um, It just shows the two different situations. Right. It shows exactly how your season can go. Two different ways, just having a quarterback who understands the position he's in, having a quarterback who it doesn't matter what position you put him in, he only plays the fourth quarter. <laughs> um, they're fighting for a playoff spot. I don't know if Geno's back for the Seahawks, which kind of leans, uh, sways me more in favor of the Steelers because I do still believe in that defense. I do think he played last game, though. Okay, so it's just going to be a thing of – I got, I'm going to have to see it. But anyway, the, the difference maker will be that defense for me out in Pittsburgh. Um, I think it's going to be an ugly game. This one, too. I think it's going to be an ugly one. Um, I'm going to go 2016 Steelers. Well, that's cool because, like you say, I know that Mike Tomlin, he, he has he's the type of coach, man, and I still think he should go for coach of the year. Uh, I think his name needs to be in the conversation. But he's not scared to make changes. He's not scared to make adjustments on the fly. He's not uh, uh, scared to tell you what he thinks. And uh, when it comes to his team, uh, he, he wants to win just like everybody else. And uh, I think he's a disciplinary, but he's fair about what he does. So I'm really interested to see kind of how this thing kind of pans out because I think they have some uh, some parts and some moving parts that's going to work for them, man, especially if they get into that playoff mode. Oh, yeah. And it, like we said, defense can win you games alone. And they still, they still do have some weapons out there. I like Warren in the backfield. We talk about George Pickens, what he can bring to a team. Hey, what's that, that type? Frey move, Fred Fry move. I like him as well. Uh, it's just getting there. Right now, you're still fighting. You're on the outside looking in. You're trying to at least give your sense a chance. Right. It starts this week. Exactly. Listen, now this game right here, man, has all kinds of moving parts. And I'm going to start the conversation off just like this. The Kansas City uh, Chiefs are still the defending Super Bowl champions. You can't take that away from them. Until they get beat, completely eliminated, or whatever the situation is. But but listen, they're running out of games. 
Okay, they got these. They got two games left, man, to try to make this thing do exactly what it needs to do. Uh, you take, you got a frustrated Patty Mahomes. All right, you got a, a frustrated Travis Kelsey and everything. You know, and so uh, when you look at all of that, and then you see about the receiving uh, situation that they have, we understand about Jake Brown, and then Jake Brown can put up a good game. But I really need you to tell me, man, how do you see the Cincinnati Bengals can see the Chiefs game going? Um. Because the Chiefs got to have it. Yeah, I think the Chiefs just got to have it. I think Pat Mahomes understands that. I think he understands, yes, you haven't been helped out in these wins. I mean, in these losses, it's not all your fault. And you're not getting the help you need. But also, you are who we said you are. You know, you are who we've put this whole thing around, this whole pushed you as the face of the league, not even just the face of our team, the face of the league. You, We got paid. You got the contract. You got all these things. Now, when things aren't going, when it ain't rainbows and sunshine, how do you answer? Exactly. How do you fight? Uh, we've seen it with Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't, have, didn't always have the best situation around him as far as weapons go. But he fought, he, he was a leader. You know, he put his guys in positions to, okay, I know what you can do. Do that. Just do that. Y'all aren't the big play team anymore. Y'all aren't going, it's not 70 yard, you know, it's not just explosive, explosive. Pat, show me you can play quarterback. Right. Not show me that you're a magician. It's not that anymore. Show me you can play quarterback. Um, And that's just going to be the answer. It's going to have to be answered. It's going to have to get answered, especially uh, getting into these playoff games. Because you guys haven't even clinched up yet. So do you think it's going to get answered this game? Um, I think so. I think they do uh, try something different. I do still believe in Andy Reid out there as a coach. Uh, and I just I haven't given up on Patrick Mahomes. I haven't given up on Kelsey. Uh, it's just gonna have to be putting. Make sure you guys are in position to win. Don't expect a lot from them. You know, don't expect a lot from them. Just put them in. I can just keep saying, put them in position to win. Just make sure that they're doing things that you know they're capable of. Whatever. Is their best attribute? Do that. Allow them to play within themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that's gonna trying be- to replace a Tyreek Hill or McCoy. You know yeah. those explosive type of guys that you had in the past. You don't have that right now. Right, right. So who you got winning this man? What score? Uh, I'm gonna go Chiefs, and I do think they put up an offensive game. Um, but I'm gonna go thirty. Chiefs thirty, Bengals seventeen. Okay, we can work with that. Now, you know the debacle and everything that's happening, okay, <laughs> with these Denver Broncos, man, okay? We already know, man, it it's definitely has turned into a, a tire fire, dumpster fire, whichever one you want to describe it as, okay? It's done got real ugly and nasty with a bunch of smoke. But they still got a game to play. And we also know that they sit they have sitting or going to sit Russell, Russell Wilson down. Mm-hmm. Cool. We get all that part. Now, but what do you see this game going between the Chargers and the Denver Broncos? Um, both teams are just in the same spot of putting it together as they go. They just try to piece it together. Now, it's different. Broncos, you kind of forced this on yourself. You brought this upon yourself. Versus charges, our guy went down. Two similar situations as far as what the results is. The way y'all got there is totally different. Right. Totally different. Um, I just think, and you take away those quarterbacks, I think they're these teams are in exact. You know, as far as Washington, they're in exact same position. You got some great receivers. You got a decent running back. You got some people on, you know, you got Sertan on the Broncos. You got James on, you know. Um, now, the difference would be what they can do up front with Bosa, Khalil Mack, things like that. I think that's what will give these guys the, the edge um, as far as that Chargers team. Um, I think they'll bring, I think they'll or walk out of there with a win. Um, I'm going to go say 17 to 10. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. Uh, what do you feel like? What do you feel, um, uh, Denver, the Denver Broncos, and, and I guess more than even that, what do you think Sean Payton is trying to accomplish right now? Well, what, what, I mean, I, what, just, it's probably hard to get inside his head, but what is he even doing right now? I, I Russell understand. Wilson wasn't his guy. It's the same thing. Russell Wilson wasn't his guy. He inherited Russell Wilson after that decision to bring him into Denver. Okay. Now I think it's, uh, it ain't work. Me and you ain't seeing eye to eye. I done had to belittle you in front of a million people. Um, so the relationship is spoiled. I think he just wants to build it in his, you know, how he sees it. 
Because you can think he had Drew Brees for most of his coaching career. Exactly. A guy who's not going to force the issue, sit back there, play the game that's called. He depending more on accuracy versus athleticism. Russell Wilson's the exact opposite of that. He's been um, the same thing we said. He's been a magician for most of his career. He's been let me extend the play and pull something out of this hat. Uh, you know, I just think it doesn't. They just didn't connect well as far as it just didn't mesh. That dynamic mm. went. Um, and I just think that's all it is. Sean Payton's seen it. He's not a. And that's the thing. He's been there. He made it to the top of the mountain as a coach. He understands that relationship needs to be important because that's also what I, you don't go talk to your quarterback like that on the sideline if you don't understand where you guys are relationship wise. Right. That's something you try to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was just showing in the direction of where this was going. Sean is going to try to build this thing and I won't say in his image, but you know, and how he sees it fit. So what do you, what do you think? So apparently, apparently they're going to have to take and do something at the quarterback position and everything. Uh, so Sean Payton has definitely let you know how he feel about Russell Wilson in that situation. So who you think they could be going with in order to take and see, uh, uh, Sean Payton's vision. Uh, and that's the thing. I don't see Sean Payton going with a guy in the draft. I don't see him going with a young guy. Now, I see Sean Payton going with a guy as in the such sense of a Jimmy G. You know, those guys who, yeah, he's been here. He's played in a in a well-coached system. Couple well coached systems, you know, uh, out there in New England, down there in San Francisco. A guy who's been around, and you could probably get him for dirt cheap. That's, I think, that's the direction they go in. A guy, as far as that uh, sense, I just don't see him going into the draft heavy to try to replace a Russell Wilson with a rookie quarterback. I understand that, and like you said, listen, that as we see now, it's been a whole bunch of backups that's been played. They don't call people that's been at the house, and so listen, I, I don't think it's hard to find a quarterback, but I think the situation and the challenge is going to be finding the quarterback that you want to put into your system. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. All right, this is what we got. Let's round it off with this game, this last game right here. How about those Green Bay Packers, baby? against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, you know for a fact and everything, and I'm going to let you chop this up, man, let you do a little go-around on this one. Uh, did you take in a, this is a division game, and it's, an, it's and it's a very important game because whenever you play a division game, I don't care what the records are. You tell me how you see this Green Bay Packers-Minnesota Vikings game going. You guys are just at two different trajectory points in the season. While you guys are trending up, they're kind of trending in the opposite direction. Um... And I think the edge for you guys will be your quarterback play. Jordan Love will be the difference maker this game. Having Aaron Jones back will not hurt. Um, <laughs> 33, baby. <laughs> you know, uh, we've seen how different that makes you guys' offense. Having a run game. Letting Jordan Love get into manageable situations. You let the defense start reacting to the run. Things like that. I just think y'all will be able to do that against this Vikings team more than what they'll be able to get going to, you know, They'll have to lean a lot on Justin Jefferson as far as what they did. And, I mean, that's what they've done the past couple weeks since he's came back. He's had great games. Um, It's just they don't have a lot outside of that. I do like Jordan Addison still, uh, but with guys who aren't used to getting first-team reps, they usually don't get to that second read. They usually don't. They look at that star wide receiver. They look at X. They get the Y. And they definitely ain't getting the Z. Exactly. So, and I just think that'll be the difference. I think you guys walk out of there. With a 27-16 victory. Okay. And listen, this is one thing that I do want to say and everything before we move on to our next segment is this right here. The the thing that I like about the whole situation and everything, you know, we had some ups and downs, some winning streaks, some losing streaks. uh, But but I think that one of the uh, the edges that Jordan Love has is it looks to me like a full season worth of tape. He didn't get benched, even though at some time, at point in time, we thought he did. He may be, have gotten benched, or it was getting close because Matt Lafleur, he was just kind of all yeah. over the place, man. And I think he kind of still is. Uh, but I do like the fact that they stuck with him, and now you know what you have, and I think that's going to benefit all parties involved. Mm-hmm. Don't go nowhere, because as soon as we come back, we're going to have to talk about them bowl games. There's a lot that's been played, okay? Then we got to get down to the college football playoff semifinal matchups, baby. We're going to have to chop this thing up. You hold on tight. We'll be right back. Yeah, you
We told you we'll be right back, and now we are right back. D, you know it was some bowl games played, right? I know how much you love college football, man. I love it too. At least I'm starting to love it more. <laughs> Listen, okay, let's start right here because this I love it when it's near and dear and close to your heart. Now, how about that Gator Bowl? Man, them Clemson Tigers, man, pulled off the victory against Kentucky. 38-35. Chop it up so I can hear about it. Uh, scary game. It was, it was back and forth a lot. We yeah. did get down early. Uh, I seen we was down early. Um, made a great play defensively to get us back into the game. K. Klubnik didn't pop. He didn't pop off the screen, but he did have. It was a growth game for him. I think it was more of take what I can, take what I can get. Uh, don't force the same thing. Don't force the hand. I'm great. I'm excited to see what he does in his next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as a freshman, he didn't fully start because he was behind DJU. This was his first full year as a starter. Yes, it was rough. Had your ups and downs, but you finished. You know, you came through all that adversity. You finished strong at the end of the year. Uh, you got him back to winning the bowl game after getting blown out to Tennessee the year prior. It's just something to be excited for. Phil Moffa had a great game, an amazing game. Him and Jake Brennan really kept us in that game, kept us afloat. I'm just excited for where Clemson is, especially with that class coming in next year. Uh, I'm excited about the D. It's just exciting. I'm glad we got us a bowl. It might not be the biggest bowl ever, but it's something. It's a good way to end the year. I think, and absolutely. And when I look at these numbers and everything, man, listen, Phil Moffa, man, listen, he only had 11 carries for 71 yards, but he had four touchdowns, man. And that was that, K, get us down, you know, of pound, chip away, chip away, chip away. No matter how we got down there, we'd get down there and we understood who we have in the backfield. Phil Moffa, you know, pound it in. We're going to take advantage of that. We're going to take advantage of you being a bruiser instead of a, a guy who wants to run around people. Right. Gonna, so do you feel, like with that being said, do you feel you got your starting QB then? You you got your, car, your starting QB for, yeah, for next season? I'm comfortable with K. You, you good with that? I'm comfortable with K. Okay, all right. And, and like I said, and I think that ending it on a good note, ending it on a win has always got to be a positive thing, man. Dabo Sweeney was running around that thing like he did win the big one. You know, and that's just a coach who's excited for his guys at the end of the day no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, now it's another game, the Cotton Bowl, man. Now uh, it's Ohio State uh, versus Missouri. Now I just want to know how you feel about that, man. As far as who you think gonna come out on top of that, we know that. Hey, is I'm pretty sure it's a situation uh, where Marvin Harrison Jr. is not gonna play. Okay, so we we good with that. Uh, but you know, you know, I think that Ohio State uh, grabbed two of the top wide receivers. You did say they are a college. They are uh, a situation uh, in a system that builds wide receivers. Yeah. Okay. So how you got this Ohio State uh, Missouri game going in the Cotton Bowl? Um, it's I'm leaning towards Mizzou just because of they've had a great year this year, an amazing year this year. And everybody's playing this game. Right. They don't have guys going to the who are looking forward to the league. They don't have big names in the transfer. All their big players are staying. They're here for next year. And they probably want to end this thing the right way against an Ohio State to give them. This is different from ending it good as far as what we said about Clemson. This is totally different ending it good. You know, it's tears to these things. Exactly. Their ending it good is setting us up for playoffs next year. This is a team who arguably should have been in it this year. We're setting up for playoffs next year. They do have a great recruiting class. Like I said, I love Luther Burden, the young receiver they got. They got a um, uh, corner, Terriano Pride, the corner from Clemson, has transferred there who had a great – he's a young corner who put some great uh, plays on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, they're building something out there in Mizzou, and that's what I got. That's why I have them – taking this game versus Ohio State who's dealing with our starter who, you know, the guy who started for us all year entered the transfer portal. Our best weapon on offense is looking forward to the draft. Y'all lost some more pieces as well on that defense. Um, and it's just timing things. Right. It's just timing and knowing while they're building, you guys are already established as well as not just established, but figuring things out. Gotcha. So how you how, what? Look, give me a score on that thing. Missouri, uh, Ohio State. Give me a score. I'm gonna go Mizzou twenty eight, 
Ohio State 24. Cool. All right. Now, check this out. How about this, this Orange Bowl? Okay. Because this is, again, what you just said. Probably two teams, arguably, they probably should have been in there. Okay. On the big dance. Dancing with the big boys. Now, you got Georgia versus Florida State on the orange in the Orange Bowl. Now, we do know about Florida State and their quarterback getting hurt. Uh, but Florida State still was able to somehow put it together. They did come out with the win. Florida State, I think, is going to be playing a little bit angry, but you also have to consider they are going against Georgia. How you got this Orange Bowl, man, between Georgia and Florida State panning um, out? I hate to say it, but I think this game proves the committee right. It proves them right as far as they just aren't going to be able to compete against this Georgia team. And it is, it is, as much as I hate to say it, it's going to be because you guys are on your third string quarterback. Gotcha. He hasn't gotten the reps. He's a freshman. You know, he's a freshman Literally freshman. He's not red shirt freshman. He's a true freshman. First year even on the campus. And his biggest game will be against, you know. Baptized by five, baby. Against Georgia, (laughs) who was built strictly on defense. Yeah. It's just not an ideal situation. Now, I do think the Florida State defense causes a lot of problems for Georgia as well. But I just think what they're going to do to this young man he gonna learn today. He, he, he he's gonna have a rough introduction. <laughs> he's gonna have a rough introduction. Now, I do think Mike Norvell puts him in a better situation to, you know, try to make it easy for him, ease him into it. But it's just so much that you're gonna be able to do. Um, I got Georgia walking out of this one, thirty-one, Florida State. 16. All right. I had to give him that extra six. You, you have to, right? Give, give him a little something. Give him, I, <laughs> Listen, okay, we got the big boy games playing, man, okay? We got the college football playoff semifinal games, man. These matchups, big bowl matchups right here. Now, let's start right here. You got the number one Michigan against Alabama in the Rose Bowl, man. You go ahead and cut that thing up real nice and fine so it's edible and we can really see what's going on. Who you got winning this game and why? These two teams are similar. I think they're they're the most Similar teams that we've seen in the college football playoffs since since it's happened. Um, they both do it defensively first, defensive minded. Um, ugly, they gonna hit you. You know, it's it's chip away at you. It's those type things. As far as missing their best player is their running back. As far as Alabama, it was get it done by committee and Jalen Miro Don't lose those games. Now Michigan hasn't. I don't think they put up three hundred total yards against. The top forty, the good, the better defenses that they placed, that they've played this year, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be troublesome against this Alabama team, cause they're gonna make it tough for you on offense. It's not just you're not gonna get what you want. So where do you get answers from, or how do you respond to going out there? Cause you know starting off slow, or even if you get the touchdown early, how do you respond to not scoring for the next three, four possessions? Um, I think Alabama is more suited for that, just because. They've faced adversity early. They've had to fight all year pretty much not knowing. Because, you know, they got in an SEC championship game. So they was fighting all year to try to recover from that Texas loss early on. It was an ugly situation. You didn't know who our quarterback was. You know, versus Michigan, we knew who you guys were all year. Right. Only question y'all had was Ohio State. Once you got through that, it was – we really didn't – it wasn't really any concerns about Michigan. Versus Alabama, they really had to go out there and fight for this thing. They really had to go out there and fight for this thing. Their quarterback had to go out there and fight for his spot. Um, and I just think that's what they're going to bring to this game, that fight, that Michigan won't really have. Now, Jim Harbaugh, or Jim, the Harbaugh will have them ready to play. Don't get me wrong. I just think the energy will be different on the sidelines. Um, with that, I got Alabama walking out of here 27, Michigan 21. So, when you think about it, man, it's like, um, because you know that Alabama, they, they came in at the very end. You know what I mean? It's kind of like somebody left the door open, and they just happened to see that it was there, and they walked through it. And then, you're saying, not only are they going to come in, they're going to be the number one team? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, I, and, I, and that's very interesting. Michigan, and you just explained the reason why. Yeah, Michigan's the number one team just off of, now, don't get me, I'm not saying that they're a bad team, but you guys did benefit from conference. Yeah. It's a weaker conference. Mm. Once you get past Ohio State, Penn State. 
And Penn State had arguably a down year this year. So once you get past Ohio, we see what you guys did in your in your bowl. Cha- you mean your uh, conference championship against the other best team in the other division? So it's not like I'm just saying this. And then, like I said, when you guys did play the top defenses in the nation, or not even top forty defenses in the nation, you guys struggled to produce offensively. That's just what I'm. And y'all haven't had to face that adversity yet. That does benefit teams in the long run. Exactly. And that's why we chop it up. You see what I'm saying? We don't just talk about it, we be about it. We chop it up and we give you the reasons why it is what it is. Now, how about the Sugar Bowl, baby? We got the 2-3 matchup. We got Washington against Texas, baby. You tell me who you got winning this game and why. Totally different game. <laughs> totally different game. This game they're going to try to run up the points. Okay. These two, these two um, establishments, they want to score. Washington had the number one passing offense in the league. We know about Michael Penix. He was my Heisman pick. If Jane Daniels had did some regular stuff, if he didn't go into Superman mode this year and just had a regular season, Michael Penix is my Heisman candidate. Um, I do like what they have on the outside. And like a thing, again, they fall in some tough games this year. They had some close games this year, especially that, especially those couple games against Oregon. They were close. They was tight. You had to fight. It wasn't guaranteed for you. Uh, Texas, great games. Um, I can't think of who they lost to early on, but they did have a big win early on against Alabama and kind of stayed steady throughout the year. Now, the only thing that scares me about Texas in this game is where they're weak at is what Washington does best, gotcha. and that's passing the ball. Okay. Texas's secondary is their struggle point. That's a tough situation when you're going up against not – not just the number one passing team in the nation. You're going up against one of the best quarterbacks. It's not just a system thing. He he drops back, and it's a it's it's a talent thing. He makes things happen. You know, it's a talent thing. They, mm-hmm. That's what they do out there. Now, I don't. They do call plays. People do get open, but I think it's more of when we line up. I think I'm better than you. Right. And, and just, plays that way, too. And it happens a lot. You know, it's the proofs in the put. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, I do think they do enough, just a little bit more than Texas this game. I do think they edge them out. Um, I got Washington 42, Texas 35. Absolutely. You heard it here, people. We chopped it up for you real nice. And I hope that you enjoyed that, okay? We're going to see how these games turn out. And then you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about it, okay? Hey, we would like to thank everyone for listening to today. Yes, sir. Please join us again on our next episode of Donald and Donald Podcast. Barber Shop Sports, baby. Please remember to drink your water. And don't forget to stretch and don't stress when just know that your win is coming absolutely see y'all next episode double d